0: This episode of Back to Work is brought to you by Wufoo. Wufoo is a gorgeous and very sexy service that makes it easy to build interactive forms for any website. Create contact forms, manage event registrations, even process online payments, all through a beautiful drag and drop interface that even I can understand. You can learn more about Wufoo and try their live demo by visiting That's Wufoo.com. That's W U F O O.com. Our thanks to Wufoo for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. Hello. 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 How, How are, are you? you? I'm I'm extremely well. Are you? Uh, where are you right now?
1: We're live. We're up. We're up in the in the room. Mm. In the upstairs we're, room.
0: This is this is. Sometimes I, I want a map, like uh, you know, the Overleaf from Winnie the Pooh. I want to understand where you are with regard to Christopher Robin. You're <laughs> you're in a home. You're in a home. You're in an office. There's a lady there. There's not who's there. What, uh, what's Faith is here? Man? Faith is here. Hi, Merlin. It, oh, hello, Faith. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Down the aisle.
1: No, she's on a sure SM7B. She's on the sure. Okay. Yeah, because we're getting more Hiles, but we are, we're going to put her on that. But
0: this is what I had, so. Yeah. Well, how's it going so far, Faith? So far, so good? So
1: far, so good. Someone letting... wrote a mean song about me that everyone keeps talking about, but other than that, Ooh. that was the low point.
0: That's how you know you're succeeding.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's when they stop writing mean songs about you that you that should work. <laughs> or is that nuclear war? I always forget. <laughs> don't worry about it you know there's always going to be somebody who writes a song about you that's from uh, aristophanes <laughs> it's the clouds well welcome welcome back again faith i'm glad you made it a second week that's longer than a lot of places dan's lived
1: oh okay <laughs> I, i'm happy to be here but we think we found we think we found a private office
0: did you figure out what was going on with her fan
1: yeah she looked at a. she opened up you know made the mistake of trying to look at a flash video
0: on her computer you don't want to do that faith not with that computer <laughs> Yeah, it it almost
1: like exploded or something. and it was the bad. F- Screen started flickering.
0: Yeah, somebody different was president when that came out. Every time it was, it's like changing the batteries in your in your smoke alarm. Every president, you get a new computer.
1: Merlin, you wear glasses, right?
0: Mm, I used to my. You know what happened to my glasses? Lasik. Yeah. <laughs> No, you know what happened. to my. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I tried to fix my ones that I, that my sister-in-law did not throw away. Not that I'm angry, but uh, <laughs> the, those awesome ones I had that were thrown away. I don't have anymore because I don't know if I mentioned this, but she threw them away because <laughs> you know, when I find eyeglasses <laughs> around my house, my first thought is to throw them in the trash. Right. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. They're in, no in the way. Trash. I do. I do wish she hadn't. She was cleaning away. up. You wear glasses. I've seen you wear glasses. What, uh, what are you farsighted or nearsighted? Hmm? Oh, I have uh, the astigmatism yeah. and I, what's the one where you can't see signs? Senility? That's senility? Ne- it's nearsighted. <laughs> no, I think it's far. Farsighted it's,
1: you can see far away, nearsighted you can see. This is one of those see.
0: things like arachnophobia. It's all backwards. Right. I, when you're at the grocery store and you can't read the sign, I think that means farsighted. Nearsighted. Okay, that means, that means I shouldn't drive at night, especially when I'm drinking, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, I'd rather be drunk than tired. I said that this morning while I was watching Cars. <laughs> Any day. Oh, uh, I drive so much better drunk. I've never done that, but the um, tired is bad. That's what happens to Mack Truck. Have you seen Cars?
1: Yeah, he falls asleep on the road, but that's also because uh, Wingo and his friends were playing this the sleepy music.
0: Oh, is that his name, Wingo? <laughs> Wing- Wingo, names? yeah.
1: Wingo is the one with the, green, the big green no, spoiler. I
0: understand. They're the little rap gang. And he played Kenny G for him. Wow, you're... Dan. So far, it's my least favorite Cars movie. My least favorite Pixar movie. Really? Yeah, yeah. And you know the guy from Bottle Rocket? He goes out of the back, the car. (sighs) I can't see very well. And at night, I really notice it. And now, I gotta tell you, man, in like the last year, I really, really, really notice the eyesight is going. Uh, Now, what about you? What's your prescription?
1: Um... Astigmatic in both eyes, worse in the left eye, nearsighted. Really? Yeah.
0: What's your, what's your prescription? Uh,
1: 120 over 60.
0: That's if, pretty good. Resting, resting. If you've cut down on your salt. hmm That's pretty good. Hmm. Hmm.
1: I always thought of you as more of like a snot rod fan than a wingo fan.
0: Hmm. I watched it three times and I like it less every time. That's really? Not, I've seen not.
1: it probably with the boy a hundred times.
0: I you know I knew the second we let's say bought it I knew that I was going to regret it. <laughs> let's let's say <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew <laughs> I I, Chris, hi, I knew immediately. I knew immediately that it was a terrible idea. Yeah, you could tell from the beginning with that 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 fake-y, like Cheryl Crow auto tune song at the beginning. That's no, you've got a friend in me. If I could say, I, see, so, I, I like cool. the song. Might be a little bit smart in the name. Begins I mean, stronger too. <laughs> Baby, none of them ever love you. I know every word I can even do that, Sarah McLachan, ah, 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 thing. I can do it all. <laughs> when somebody loves you. This is good stuff. This is gold. Are we ready to start the show? I thought we had. Yeah. I was 20. 20- Big week. 2070, I want to say, last I checked. My hand of God, though. I just put on my glasses that my mo- my sister in law didn't throw away. I'm not angry. she didn't throw them away without the necessary means i put the the ones that are just broken but not thrown away. I put those on useless. It was like looking through wax paper. nothing. I don't know if you've ever looked through wax paper damn, but it's not it does not correct your vision Now astigmatism means we've got rolly oval sized eyes is that right
1: I think that's right yeah. we
0: have normal we have normal not normal eye shape is that correct correct okay. And then I kept going to this lady, and she just kept saying, like, you look at the computer too much. And I was like, I'm not sure that's a solution. That's barely a diagnosis. They're just words. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. All right. I'll tell you, I'll work on my illuminated texts that I can sell to people. That'll be useful. Good week?
1: It's been a big week. How about you? Good week over there? How's your private office?
0: My private office is is good. Um,
1: Still have that boot on the desk? Let me
0: check. I've been listening to Wu Tang all morning, so I'm, I'm kind of screwed up in the head. I've, I've been bringing the mother effing ruckets all morning, <laughs> <laughs> by which I mean sitting here and typing. So it's good. My private office is good. I made, um, I got to go get my tea, but um, I'm doing good. I mean, you're in a weird place right now, Dan Benjamin, because on the one hand, things are in its way settling down. And yeah. yet, and yet,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. we got to talk. I got a whole thing I got to talk to you about. I want to hear it. But um, so uh, the, for this week, I don't have I don't have a lot prepared because I realize it's not as good when I prepare. So
1: when you pre- when you prepare and you have like I've noticed there's two different kinds of preparation that you do. It seems like is that what the, you noticed? This is one of the things I've noticed. The example here's what I'm talking about the the shows where you prepare and you have sort of an outline or notes or certain things that like topics you want to hit. Uh, I almost imagine like you're up there with a PowerPoint presentation in a conference room. Let's talk to the presentation. Um, and, and then there's the shows where it's clear that you have a couple points and you just sort of free flow around them, like, uh, like Eminem. I like hmm. those. Those are my favorites. Wow. Is that what it's called, free form, when they rap?
0: Yeah, they call it free flowing. Free flow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to bring, bring the ruckus. <clears throat> Protect your neck. Uh, <laughs> chest boxing. So <laughs> these are all things to keep in mind, you know? Um. So what did, what did you have in mind today? Like like the Dungeon Dragon, um, you know what? Now I'm I'm just really, to be honest, I'm just so angry. I'm not sure I can go on. Freestyle, uh, that was,
1: freestyle. That's that, that was.
0: I think you would need a second left hand to deliver both of those compliments. The compliment, Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate. It It was very nice of you to say. I think my favorite episodes are, are with you are the ones where you you're going to say cool.
1: something mean now.
0: No, I'm not. Never mind. You know what? I'm going to go to my good place. Uh... I try not to prepare, but then I feel like I owe it to the kids to prepare. But then it just goes on for an hour and a half. We don't really say anything. I can't tell. I can't tell. I got an email from a friend of mine today who's really, really important. It's important to me that he like the things that I do. And he was like, you know, the show was really odd at first, but but now you talked about Fear and it was really good. And I got to tell you, everybody else is always saying, oh, I only really like the first five episodes and the rest are just a lot of blah, blah, blah. So I don't even know what to do. Dan, I feel... I feel I feel like a bull between arches, as Morrissey would say, I don't know which way to turn. What do you think we should do?
1: Right, well, who are we doing this show for? Are we doing this for you, for us, for the, the listeners? What do you want? You're sensitive to the listeners, but you've got to talk about I what's important. i become
0: sensitive because, you know, I don't know if you don't look at the stats like I do, but our, our, our download numbers have, have been improving, which tells me there's more and more people to disappoint. You know, and that's why I kind of want to undermine myself. You know, One way we could do that is talking for eight minutes and 44 seconds about the show. You know, that's something you used to like to do. I don't know, Dan. What do you want? To, I, I still want to talk about positions of strength.
1: Let's do that then.
0: We don't have to. I don't want. To, I don't, want to, I don't want to get you. I like mad, that. I'm apparently.
1: not even. I'm not sure what it means.
0: Yeah. Hmm. How do you prioritize? Well, we, talked, um, mm, mm, mm. We, uh, we talked. We we talked starting to a couple episodes ago, three episodes ago. We started talking a little bit about. Um, gosh, what do we talk about? How do you put it? Things to think about when you're when you're thinking about going independent, and then that kind of um, melded into things like really just this whole general thing of of having a job and how you get a job and how it's really hard to get a job. And I don't know in this way that I've just been thinking about it a lot, especially since then, uh, trying to articulate what the thread is between those things. Because we started out saying you were with you saying, and not to rehash all this, but we started out with you you sort of saying, well, you don't think you could start a full time business. You know, as a part-time thing and that turned into this thing. I don't know. I guess I guess, I just keep thinking that I don't see logically or even, to be honest, emotionally, I don't see an easy way out of an impossible situation. So when when confronted with an impossible situation, like the economy is bottoming out worse than we thought it was bottoming out or – you know, I've got maybe a sick person in my family I'm taking care of, or I hate my job, but I can't change it. There's, there's all of these, these endless kinds of impossibilities. When confronted with those impossibilities, um, I, I don't have an easy answer for that. If you're working two jobs to, as like I said, feed his kids, I don't know if it's a great time for you to go start an iOS app. You know, uh, uh, if you are, if you've been out of work for four years, I don't know if that's the best time to go borrow money to start a new business. I don't have an I personally don't have an easy answer that's honest. I have an easy answer that could be a bunch of BS, <laughs> but I don't have an easy answer that's honest. But but the thing I kept trying to tease out of that that I'm still trying to tease out is this idea of the position of strength. And and just let me speak specifically, if I may, about the job thing. Is that, can we talk about job stuff for a minute? I would love to. That's one of my th- favorite topics to talk about with you. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, even as much as we're supposed to be fancy internet guys, one reason that we ended up following butt backward into the kind of stuff that we do is i think we both are equally probably horrible to have as employees it sounds like almost bo- borderline unemployable unemployable just like my tattoo says i, I <laughs> seriously <laughs> i mean I, no 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 You yes, remember my idea for a neck tattoo that said unemployable i'm still gonna do that well this came up in, you know so prevalently in that um uh, whatever uh what was that conversation uh, s1e 27 where we talk with veen the, the fabled episode with Veen, you know, you, you become independent because it <laughs> kind of ends up being your only route in some ways. I, you know, I'm being facetious, but I never realized, it was like when I was in Florida and I re- never realized how unhappy I was until I moved. And then once I moved, I was like, holy gosh, how did I manage to stay there for so long? I was hot all the time. And I never realized how unhappy that made me. Yeah. And I think once you've gotten outside the matrix a little bit, I'm not saying it's easy, believe me. I'm making a lot less money than I used to make consistently at like a regular job but i feel a lot more sane than i used to right and that sanity can be nicer than that bank account on some days some days i wish i had the other but i guess i just feel like there's so much momentum i said this in that episode before last but i feel like there's so much momentum behind the idea of employment in america and the you know it really is the sanest option or has been the sanest option for a really long time The, the part that i'm struggling with is is if it is an impossible economy, if there really are as few jobs and fewer jobs every day than there are now, then why wouldn't that seem like a good time to question some of your assumptions? If your assumptions are not working out for you in the way you'd like, then that seems to me like, I hope this doesn't sound fancy, but if the assumptions no longer work, then maybe it's time to drop the assumptions and to start looking at this in a slightly different way. Um, And that's why I say no matter how bad things get, you still will always benefit from trying to find your position of strength. And so what does that mean? If you Think about negotiations as one example. Let's say you're trying to sell something. Like say you've got a car you're trying to sell. Well, you want to find out, like if you're charging, if you're going to charge $10,000 for a used car, you're going to have to on some level make that case to someone. You're going to have to show that this is a classic car that needs work or it's a really you know, uh, utilitarian car that's in great shape but do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to have to make some kind of a case for why this is worth that much money, especially if it's not obvious on the face of it. My gosh, it, let, let, let's say it's a Jaguar or a, uh, a Jaguar or a, like a, a BW douche class or whatever. And somebody goes, well, why is it only $10,000? <laughs> the way you price stuff, for example, really, you know, you have to be ready to explain why something costs what it costs. But to sell a car for the amount you want to sell it for you have to take a lot of things into account you have to think about how many cars like that are out there you have to think about what condition it's in you have to think about like how many people want to spend that much right and so on and so on and so on there was that time like i remember when miatas i first bought i had a mazda 626 right around the time that miatas came out
1: see i had a 6262 what color white Ooh.
0: what year Eighty eight. white 88 white Oh, I had a 90 diddly one Oh, wow,
1: Mr. Fancy Pants. Nice color. Oh,
0: look at me. I live in the
1: 90s. Oh, hi. I have a white one.
0: Oh, look at me. I like Blind Melon. I never like Blind Melon. Are you sure? No, I don't know. Because really, <laughs> it
1: really would seem like it was on the tip of your
0: tongue. Uh, and you know, he never-
1: died. The singer that died right know. at the same time as uh, Kurt.
0: The, the, the heroin. You got to stay away from the heroin, you guys. But the, like Kurt, Bumble- Kurt's Bumblebee death Girl. totally over, Girl, overshadowed thing. the other one. Well, she grew yeah. up, didn't she? I hope she grew up, you know, you know, here's the thing. God, see, you're, you know, the thing is, I'm, 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 I'm everybody's sin eater. I'm the sin eater. If you look nice today, because I'm always the one that says what everybody else is kind of saying. What is I'm that? What is this? You look
1: nice today. What is that?
0: I'm so angry right now. A sin eater is somebody who comes and after somebody dies, they come and they eat a big meal in the dead person's house, and that helps get rid of the sin so that they can go on to the next life. And I do that on this show. I'm supposed to be the guy that derails everything. You're the guy that's constantly changing the subject. Could I just say, damn Benjamin? You're the one. You're the one who changes the subject. My point is this. If you've got a car to sell, you're going to have to make that case. And that means things like you really understanding what you need to make from it you understanding what people are willing to pay for it. And those are two very different things. Does that make it impossible? No. It just means there may be somewhere in between. If you need to make $7 million from selling your car, that doesn't mean you're going to get $7 million from it. You may, you may get nothing for it because you're so out of your skull that somebody just looks at you and goes, you know what I mean, Dan? It's like, and, and, and so you have to take what it is that you want, take what it is that you, that you need, and then leaven that with what's going on in reality. So I think you would understand that if you were selling baked goods, you would not ask like $500,000 for a bagel. No matter how much you want $500,000, nobody's going to pay that for a bagel. Whereas if you charge two cents for that bagel, people go, why is this only two cents? Are you, is this analogy making sense yeah. in, so far? Yeah. Okay, so we look at that. We look at cars, we look at bagels, we look at life, and all of that makes sense. But then when it comes to jobs, all of a sudden everything's really complicated and confused. Right? Everybody else is getting stuff that you don't get. You need to get more money. Da, 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 da. It's just so weird to me that it, jobs like homes are so emotional to us. I, I won't tell your anecdotes here, Dan, but you had, you've had at least one anecdote I can think of in this process where the house thing was a very emotional decision for the person you were dealing with. And oh, yeah. you, came at, you came at it as a person who had a certain amount of money to spend for a certain kind of house. I don't want to speak out of turn, but but it became a difficult situation because you were dealing with somebody who was not dealing with it as a business, yeah, dealing with it as an emotional decision that were you know that's right. So can you add any flush to that, or is that enough to say?
1: No, I I, no, I think it's and it's it's an interesting point to make because for people we we are emotional creatures, right? I mean, we think we Mm -hmm. we so it's almost impossible to say that you make a decision that isn't emotional, but there's sort of this line that that you draw in the sand and over this line
0: you do not not, not. right
1: but there is that division between is this an emotional decision is it a business decision and and it's sort of like people who are in the world of business who are making these tough business decisions oh we had to lay off 500 people today up business you know i mean i know that's not where you're going with it but when you're in that situation and you're dealing with somebody who is trying to make an emotional decision and you're trying to make a business decision, you run into trouble. It's Those true. Those two don't line up, right?
0: Well, it's, it, no, no, it's absolutely true. I wrote that post on 43 Folders a few months ago out of kind of frustration with stuff that is probably apparent on this show, which I get really frustrated sometimes in dealing with business stuff. It's just because I am kind of on my own. Like, I'm not kind of on my own. I'm on my own. Does that feel isolating? Well, it feels isolating when I have to deal with an accounts payable department that's used to paying everything net 90, which I sound like I'm whining and I am whining, except that the reason I well, as you'll see, if you read this piece, what was it called? Something, something, Elizabeth Taylor. But it was basically this idea, if you wanted to put it in a nut, nut, like if you're not that hungry and you go into McDonald's and offer them a nickel for a Big Mac, like it doesn't matter how not hungry you are. (laughs) It does not change your negotiating position with McDonald's. And you go, well, nickel's all I got. And I'm not that hungry anyway, so I don't really care. You go, they'll, they'll go well, okay, why don't you come back when, A, you're hungry, and, B, you have something on the order of $3? Because that tends to be a successful pattern for us in, as regards selling Big Macs. Do you follow me? And like, I felt like I was constantly encountering people who were like, well, I want to pay for a nickel for this, and I don't even really want it that much. You know, as a negotiating position. And, and as I've said to you in our offline conversations talking about various business things, I, it's really important me to not work with people like that. Because it took me a long time to understand that, like, that's that to some people, that's a negotiating position. Right. Right. I mean, have you ever seen those properties on your block or like near us? We'll see these houses that are just on the market for years. They're on, they're years. And you're just like, why is that still on the market? You know, usually a house, you take it off the market after what, like three months? Well, or,
1: you know, that like after the first month, if you're not getting the traffic that you want in there, you You lower the price. You change something. You
0: really change something. Right. But then there's these wacky people who will just leave it on the market at you know, 20% over what anybody would end up paying for it and just going, well, sorry, that's how much it costs. And they never sell it and nobody buys it and now it's just a thing that's always on the market. Whereas if you want to, like in your case, you've encountered some things where apart from the things that went a little south, the, the, the actual deal part, the money part can be settled pretty quickly because you can take a real estate agent who's a professional and another real estate agent who's a professional and they can agree that within this amount of money and these terms, this is a reasonable amount considering the market for, for what this bears. So even something as emotional as in a house. And maybe it's a house that your, you know, your beloved spouse died in, you know, and it's hard for you to part with. Maybe you watched your kids grow up in that house. No matter how much you love your kids and how much you miss your spouse, that's not going to double the the market price of your house. This is just in the service of saying I think our jobs, our employment, our livelihoods can become as emotional in a lot of ways. And emotional in a way that can cloud our ability to find a, a true position of strength. So back to the original idea of the car, like if you've got a car that people would die for, even just for parts, let alone something they could drive, right? Let's say you've got some kind of like, um, like I had a really cool bus. I had a 1970 VW bus. It was right between the pop-up, you know. I had a, I had a pop-up, you know, the little um, wedgie kind, but I didn't have it. It was last of the, before the Porsche engines. It was a great, it was a great model. And I got a great but fair price when I bought it. And, you know, when I was time to sell it, people wanted it because, you know, it was a nice thing to have. Now, if, I had, if it wasn't in, like, okay, good condition, of course I had seized up the engine because I hadn't changed the oil because that's how I roll. Oh. But, but the point being there are certain kinds of things that are, just, that are just valuable. If you've got a Mustang, if you've got the shell of a Mustang, somebody really might want to pay for that no matter why. Now, if you've got a Civic, that's another one, right? If you've got a Civic, it's hard to kill a Civic. My friend Michael, even when he started making a little more money, he still couldn't kill a Civic. Do
1: you ever have a Civic?
0: No, I didn't. It was my second. It was my second choice after the six two six. I had a Civic. Actually, and it was, a, it
1: was a, embarrassingly, it was a Civic wagon.
0: Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been a real magnet for the ladies. Oh man. Yeah. Keep really was with back. the
1: light, the light blue metallic. Ooh, see yeah, the shine, nice big pimpin. Big pimpin. <laughs> Bring the ruckus. Spend and cheese.
0: I um. Uh, I'm probably, I'm taking a long time to make a, a relatively simple point. Oh,
1: you were making a point.
0: Mm, good week? It's been a big week. Big week. Good, good, big, 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 puffy week. <laughs> B-I-G week. Um, what is your point? My point is that no matter how valuable you think you are, it's going to be completely dependent on a lot of factors you don't have that much control over.
1: External factors, you mean?
0: Well, yeah, the one the external factors would be the ones you don't have control over, yeah. So, so no matter how valuable you think what you do is, if the if the market for it isn't there, you're going to have a problem. And per uh episode before last, if you're not presenting yourself, if you're not presenting the value of what you have to do in a way that's uh cogent to other people, you're also going to have a problem, right? So you, you just to rehash this quickly, you before you hired Faith, you'd said, hey, look, I want to hire somebody to do this work. You got what you described as hundreds of resumes, of which I think you said about a dozen maybe stuck out out right. of all of the time. Yeah. Here's yeah. the thing. Yeah, exactly. And my suggestion was if you really want to make an impression with somebody, you know, do something like Priority Mail or FedEx them something really memorable. Don't just send your resume into a pile. You know, I, I still really believe that. Well, and of course, research the job so you don't sound like an idiot. But the thing is there may have been – Another couple dozen people in that pile that were really super qualified, but there was no way for you to know that. There was no way for you to find out because they had such a generic resume that they just threw in a pile that they're you know, let me, let me put it this way. Maybe there was something in there that made them a little more of a classic car than they realized. Maybe they were – they lived near Austin and hadn't thought to really highlight that. Mm-hmm. Maybe 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 it said Texas on their resume, but you didn't recognize that as being a, a bedroom community of Austin. Um, maybe something like, maybe it was, could have been somebody from Florida. It could have been somebody that went to your college. Do you know what I mean? There's a million little things that if they had not tried to make that connection by researching and learning about you, they might've been Buddhist. They might've done something not to suck up, but to go like, okay, we have a connection that should put me in front of these other people. We already, I would be a good match for you because I know that there are things that we have in common that you don't know yet. Is this making sense? Makes sense to me. Okay. So in the same way that if you said, hey, I've got a used car and it's $50,000, well, you're going to have to really tell people a lot more about what, what, what make and model of car that is.: so You're going to sell it,
1: it you got to sell it, that's what you're saying. You
0: do. Which sounds so stupid. Why are we still talking about this? Well, why, <laughs> why is it hard to understand why the job market is hard? Because it's flooded with people who may have some fairly similar skills, have some fairly similar presentation styles, and there's you know, if you haven't found your way, so, a way to distinguish yourself inside of that pile, then why is that confusing? If well, you you said put, you
1: said before that somebody should send an oil painting or something like
0: that. Well, that was kind of a joke. No, but, but I'm I mean that's pretty a, serious. It's so a, I'm pretty serious.
1: If they if, if somebody had done that, you're you're definitely. What we said was
0: basically send something to you via something other than an electronic pile of crap to right. get your attention and say I really want this job and here is something to demonstrate that it shows shows knowledge of what you do. And, you know, but I guess there's a couple things I want to get to here in all of this ranting, which is, first of all, that there's more to it than how good you are at what you do. There is the market factor. And there's the fact that just because you think it's obvious may not be that obvious to somebody else. And, and, In a sort of what color is your parachute way, and I haven't read that book in years, but I remember that book being really illuminating for me because it was the first book I read that got me thinking about, wow, the one thing that I thought I knew how to do may not be the most interesting thing to someone else. Like I'm going to have to present a faceted version of myself. You know, to sort of even find out what people are interested in. Yeah. And I'm going to have to learn about fields that are orthogonal to what I do in order to potentially get a job that might be better than the one I think I want. I don't know if it's good it any good now. It's a book that used to be revised every year, and I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really good book. Um, so, so the distinguishing yourself part is hard, but then the, the market thing is hard. I'm not sure what part B is, except to say the position of strength part. If your position of strength is that your car is a Mustang, <clears throat> that's a great place to start. But now you're going to have to go out and find out how many other Mustangs there are. Well, you know what? I have a Mustang with a pony interior. It's not – it's pretty – if you want to – I don't know if it's a, 64 and a half or 65. Uh, but if you – I have something here that not a lot of people have anymore and so it's scarce, right? Now, if you don't mention that in your ad because you didn't even know it was valuable, well, then you shouldn't be surprised that people don't want to pay. And obviously when they show up there and you don't know that pony – pony, I don't know if that's still the case. It used to be a really <clears> – nice <throat> to get the car, the uh, little horses running across the sea. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> the 64 has the hexagonal grill, I believe, and the 65 has the uh, vertical and horizontal. This is the single thing I know about motor vehicles. That's it. That motorcycles are dumb. That's the only two things I know. That's all I know. But how do you do that for yourself? How do you find that position of strength? How do you realize what the thing is that somebody else wants? Now, I'm going to tell you a funny anecdote. Um, <clears throat> a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned that person I'd been talking to a few weeks ago about, like, don't look for jobs. Right. I, I ran into her the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and she's from um I think she's from Austria. She's, she's like She's like,
1: Thanks a lot. I'm homeless now.
0: <laughs> she's like, uh, I think she's from Austria. She's like, I heard you were speaking about me on your show. <laughs> I was like, um Nice. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I was speaking about you. Yeah. But I was like, it was an affectionate way. I was like, you know. And so, you know, we ended up we ended up talking about all this a little bit more. And Just because I said it to her, I think I'll say it to you guys, too. I I think there's some practical components to to, to what I described. And in her case, what I had said was, I don't think your best bet is chasing Craigslist and chasing ads. We have since gotten a lot of follow-up from people that I think is super interesting, including people who say things like, well, you know, a lot of places have to advertise every job, so don't assume that it's a bad job. Um, Essentially, the ads are not a dead end, to which my rejoinder would be that may be the case. But I still think the signal-to-noise ratio in something like Craigslist or ads is not in your favor. Not least because there's already thousands and thousands of other people that are already trying to get that job, whether or not it's even a good job. Does that make sense, Dan? Yes. <clears throat> so the position of strength part, what I said to her was I was like, you're delightful. I was like, you're, you're really cool. You're really smart. She has a really good heart. She wants to work at like a nonprofit. She's doing all this really great stuff. And I was like, you know, so you understand you have a lot against you in some ways, not because you're nice, but because there are a lot of people who want those kinds of jobs, especially in San Francisco. And they're very accustomed to not getting a lot of dough for that. I said, but at the same time, I think that advice is truer than ever that you have to figure out when you go and you do these interviews, you will start getting a sense of what people think of you, how they think you'd fit in, how the interview went. And you can sort of adjust your approach as you go along. But the thing I said to her was like, this is a tech company thing. This may not, I don't know, I can't speak for other kinds of companies, but in my experience, especially in a rapidly growing company, they're hiring, <clears throat> they're hiring for talent, not for a position. Sometimes they're hiring for a position. But I think if, in most tech companies anyway, if they run into somebody who's obviously extremely talented, and let's be honest, more talented than the other, a lot of the other people that are on the team, and especially if they can get them for roughly the same money, don't you think that person's pretty likely to get hired at some point? more so than somebody who fits the job but kind of sucks. <laughs> Dan,
1: I think it's all about enthusiasm.
0: But do, does that point make sense though? It does, what I'm but, but uh, here's if what you I, walk in, go ahead, go. Ahead.
1: I'm just I'm just going to say for for me, as somebody who's hired a lot of people over the years, would well, let me let me turn this around and ask you a question for you. Would you rather hire somebody who was very enthusiastic and very interested or somebody who had a whole series of qualifications and it seemed like old hat to them.
0: It depends on uh, the position and the- You see how I'm going the, with that? I do. I got a comma. Um, it depends on the position and the state of the company, but almost, I would say 80% of the time, the former, uh, the enthusiasm.
1: Because you can't create, the, it, well, I don't want to say yeah. you can't. It's hard to create that in somebody else if they don't come into it. And I know for many years, I, was, uh, I worked as a consultant so that what essentially that meant, at least in the industry and the time that I was doing it, it meant that I would work with a consulting company, they would find a contract for me, usually the contracts, a super short one would be three months, but typically they were six months to to a year. I would go to work at that company, and I would basically be an employee, although I was getting paid through the consulting company, I was an employee essentially of the regular company. I would go there and, you know, and work all day there, and all the people who worked there were my colleagues, and If the project was a success, they would extend the contract or try and hire me. And if it it was just a one-time thing or if it wasn't successful, then they would say, okay, contract's up and, you know, thanks. And they would find me another job. And I did that for many years. And it was great because you didn't have to go through this interviewing process. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it was never very exciting. It was never very, you know, because you were never really, you never felt vested in the success of whatever it was you were doing beyond the scope of that project. And it, it kind of, I kind of got really burnt out on it after a few years, even though I had great experience at great companies that I probably couldn't have worked at any other way. It, it, it you know, it's kind of draining and then coming out of that and going back into the, the regular workforce and saying, cool, I'm, you know, I'm like, I, this is going to be like my desk in this place. I'm like, stay here. It was a very different feeling and the enthusiasm kind of came back into it. I know this is a tangent from what you were saying, but I,
0: mm-hmm. But it's we know what else is interesting about the contractor part, because it depends a lot. The, the the linchpin in a lot of that is not to me was not how involved I was, but how much I was compensated, <laughs> to be honest. The, but I yeah. one thing I liked about contract jobs or about project-based jobs, I don't know what you call it client services jobs, which I really am not crazy about anymore. Uh but I used what I used to like, I used to like that detachment personally. Because I had spent so long, I felt inside of companies and we talked about this in the sugar bites on the bus driver episode, I just felt like I was so't it, it never took me more than a month to feel a little bit ground down by the culture and to really start noticing petty stuff. And the nice thing to me about being a contractor or an outsider was like I got to be involved, but I also didn't have the same I wasn't you know juggling the flavor aid quite in the way of somebody who relied on that place. Knowing that they had to please somebody for several years exactly. to stay happy there. But I, I'm with you. I think the enthusiasm part is, <clears throat> is, is irreplaceable. And I'm, I'm trying to get out the inter- interesting, pseudo-interesting part of this, which is all of these ironies and paradoxes. Okay? So when are you least likely to be super enthusiastic about going and having a job interview? When you've had 60 job interviews that went nowhere. Right right? But here's the thing to remember is there's a pretty good chance. I know you're feeling beat down, man, and that sucks. But remember that the person who's doing those interviews has probably had, if, you're, if they're still having interviews, it means they haven't found that person yet. Think about that. Think about how many interviews they've had. My wife, as I mentioned, I think was doing interviews for positions at, at the our, our kid's school. And like she would, she would know, sort of like you said, with being a pretty good judge of people, she would know usually within a minute or two, you know, within a certain margin of error, like how well the rest of the interview would go. There weren't that many people where they came in and she thought, oh, this is never going to work out, where by the end, it was going great. So think about that. In that case, that's three or four people on a little, you know, board having to go in, and that's an hour of their time to go talk to somebody. They really, really want to be Mm -hmm. excited by you. (laughs) I swear to God. I mean, I have, you know, I do a little bit of kind of like performance stuff, whatever. We do our podcast live and stuff like that and the thing I always say to people I work with is just remember that everybody in the audience wants to love you and if they don't want to love you, don't worry about it because they never will love you but the people there are there to have fun they're there to enjoy what you do and so go out with that in mind it doesn't mean to be arrogant but it does mean that that don't go out thinking it's people who want to challenge you I mean unless it's a comedy club and everybody's drunk but I would never go in that nonsense do you know what I mean though? and just remember that when you go into a job interview that they want to love you um... And so remember that it's, a, it's an hour of their time too. And so that the position of strength part comes from listening very carefully to what those people are saying and being able to leverage what you learned in the extensive research that you did before that. Now, here's the other giant, giant irony slash paradox in all of this that I have got to directly address whenever we, you and I, start talking about all this fancy stuff, like, oh, take yourself more, you know, take yourself seriously when you do these things. Go do your research. Spend some time learning about these companies. Don't try to apply to a thousand companies. Apply to three companies. The response you get, and I'm curious if you get this too, Dan, the response I feel we get from people is, oh, that's great for you, but I really need a job. Like, somehow that those that makes any sense at all.
1: Like, the fact <laughs> but, that they need it, there's an obligation there.
0: No, the fact the fact that somehow treating yourself like being less valuable than Uh, you might actually be is going to increase your chance of getting a job and going like no no i really need a job so therefore i should waste more of my time on Uh, all these needs that don't go anywhere when to me the position of strength part ultimately means saying wait a minute like you know there's that this is a dumb phrase that shades into the fairest stuff but truly truly do not work harder work smarter once you start working smarter then work harder but first work smarter and that means, as I like to say, taking a couple steps back to look at where you really are. So if you're running into a lot of dead ends, then you need to figure out which factor of your of your used car you're trying to sell is not apparent to people yet. Is it maybe not as valuable as you think? And I'm sorry, but that's something you have to think about. If, if part of your problem is you get to the point of salary negotiation and they're 20000 over what you think you're worth, well, what is the reason the job is not happening? Like, what is the reason you're not getting a second interview? Do you, do you follow, Dan? Like, do. try and and disassemble... I would try and remove the emotional part of it and to the extent possible look at why the car is not selling, why why is the house still on the market? And you know what? Absolutely, yes, the answer might be that nobody's ever going to get hired again and, and again and again. Well, then why are there ads in the paper? Like somebody needs people for a job. And to go back to that thing I said about tech companies and, you know, bringing in talented people even if you don't have the exact position for them. I don't know if that's always true. I mean, if you've got a giant team of people who are just doing, you just need like a big pile of pearl pro- programmers. That might be the case, but I mean, isn't this um, this is Brooks right? This is Mythical Man If you find somebody who is 10x more productive than somebody else, and it's really obvious, and as you say, you go look at their GitHub contributions. You know, you go. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. I, I don't even care what job you want. We're gonna. <laughs> we need to have you in here because we could find a place for somebody with that kind of experience. Maybe you don't have that. Maybe you can't walk in anywhere and, and, get, and, and get that. But then that means – doesn't that mean that the world is wrong? It means that you've got to adjust in one way or another. And if, if that doesn't sound realistic, then I don't know what's realistic. It just seems to me that if you're still looking for a job after two years, then something has to change. You have to either not want a job or you have to change the way that you're trying to get a job. And I, I don't know how you get away from that. And I don't think that makes me a dick for saying that. I think that makes I hope that makes me helpful in saying something isn't working and you're the only one who's in a position to change that. I would not count on President Obama to get you a job. I think that something's got to change. So, are you with me on this, Dan? Yes. Well, tell me. Now, jump in here and take some of the take some of the dick, dickliness off me. Is that is that a really cold thing to say?
1: Well, this is this is your theme in general if I were to sort of look back at all of these shows and think about what your theme and emphasis is. It's an emphasis of taking responsibility, kind personal of personal responsibility. I, I, I don't you don't you, know, if kind I of. Put-
0: well, I I, I, would, I would never phrase it in that way, personally, just because I don't think I'm not responsible of a person. <laughs> I I would put it slightly. Well, I don't interrupt you, but I would put it slightly differently, which is. But no, I enough. hear
1: I hear whether you mean it or not. Yeah. I hear this. It's it, you're you're responsible for your own actions. You're responsible in one way or another for your own situation. I'm not saying full one hundred percent responsibility for everything that that you are as a as a sum total of human being in this certain life. I'm not saying that. But I'm yeah. saying that, that it's you have to take that kind of responsibility to maybe it's take a risk or maybe it's do whatever it is, but fine, you, you're you're responsible going forward from here to respond to whatever your current circumstances are. You're here, and what are you going to do about it? That's kind of like what you're saying, huh? Mm,
0: maybe. No, you don't it's like just, it that way? That's, like? that's not the language I would ever use. What, I, what, what, I would, what say, would you say? Well, I would say that there's a, there's a really – seemingly obvious fact in the middle of this that's so obvious that I'll just be the idiot and bring it up, which is that there is a single person in the entire universe that can have any impact at all on what you do. There's one person in the entire world. You're probably guessing what the answer is already, but it's not President Obama and it's not the people who place those ads and it's not the people who make a buying decision on what you do. The single person in the entire universe that has the most outsized influence in how your life will go is you. You can call it responsibility. Um, I would call it you could even, you know, the word I'm struggling not to use, even though it's kind of sickly close to what I want to say is being proactive. I just, I despise that word. But what I would say is that <clears throat> explaining your situation is not going to be nearly as useful as trying to change it through action. And this is just shading into the time and attention stuff, right? I mean, if you're paying attention to the right things, it'll be easier to know whether you're spending your time in a correct way. Uh, or as you would say, what, what's the word in Buddhism? Uh, right way. <laughs> yeah. Like right time and right attention yeah. in that you know slightly weirdly translated way. Well, you know, And then if you start spending your time in a really right way, then it's going to be cl- become clear what to pay attention to. I apologize if that sounds familiar. But call it, I don't know what you want to call it. But, but all I can say is that I don't know a way to say this to make you love me. And I don't know a, say, a way to say this to make you feel great about two years of not being able to find a job. But at a certain point, reality doesn't negotiate with you anymore. It, it's it's reality doesn't need to re- negotiate with you because it's reality. Nature doesn't need to persuade you that it's natural. Nature's going to do what it does whether you're into it or not. In the same way that you can't control e- rain or email, I think you you can't control reality. All you can do is adapt to it. You can choose to see it differently. You can choose to respond differently. Um, you know, and I, we had that episode where we talked about solving the right problem at the right level, if, you're, if your roof has a leak in it, you really could decide that it's, you're just not going to mind it. And that is a kind of solution. But I think for most of us, that's not, that's not a sane option. So, there's, I've seen the download numbers. <laughs> it's going to be hard to give an answer to this that's going to make every single person happy and employed here. But what I can say is you can call it, Dan calls it responsibility. I would call it, I would call it reality and an adaptation. If you, can, if you can learn to adapt a little bit, not only are you more likely to get something like a job, you're way more likely to get something that's a job that you like. I, I really believe that. And, and for the people who are out there sad-socking themselves about how that's fine for me or whatever, well, I'm not the one that can change anything for you. you know? And no matter how harsh the reality is, you're the only one who can decide to make a, a change or correction to the course that takes you someplace more interesting. Man. Right there's no there's no advice that I can decant for you that's gonna that's gonna make that work, and there's no advice that either of us could give to everybody that's that's gonna be helpful. And that's I have to be honest with you that's something I increasingly struggle with with the show. Is I, I really, as much as I may seem like some dick who just talks a lot, I genuinely want to help you guys to the extent that I can. I just don't know what to say that's gonna help everybody. What I do know helps everybody, including me is to not get so caught up in my own model for why things are the way they are that I stop taking in the useful new information that could tell me that that model's not correct. I was on a podcast, last thing for this round maybe, yeah. before you respond, but I I was on a podcast, really good podcast the other day called The Marketplace of Ideas. My friend Colin does. It's really good. And I, I said on the show, Dan, that, next, that, that your pipeline interview with me and Colin's interview with me from a couple years ago are my two favorite interviews ever. But... Um, He's just a really smart guy. And, and we you know, we, we got to talking about all of this stuff and, you know, he's a fan of the show. So, you know, he's kind of familiar with this stuff. Um, and just trying to get our head around the the complexity of of, of how this is kind of so different for all of us. We're, generationally, we're, we're all in a really different place than our parents and our grandparents, you know. They made it through the Depression. They made it through the the World Wars. And now we all find ourselves kind of wandering around going, well, you know, <laughs> how is this all going to shake out, and how am I going to, you know, keep it keep it afloat? Um, and I I guess hmm, I'm really hesitant to say anything. Why? I don't know. Um, I just I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to put somebody off doing. Doing something that they feel like they need to do to keep things afloat. I don't want to feel like I'm trying to sell them some kind of non-existent dream, mm. but I also don't want to crush uh the the very small amount of self-esteem they might have. <laughs> <laughs> here's a weird question. Hey, I'll, I'll let's come back to the Colin thing. But yeah, go ahead.
1: Wait, wait, here's here's a weird question though. Yeah. Is is it possible? This is gonna sound really like really horrible, but I'll say it anyway. Is it don't don't we need certain gosh, this sounds bad. I'm just like hearing myself say it as I say it. Don't we need people to do some of those jobs that we don't want to do so that we can have our dreams? Or can everybody have their
0: dreams? Yeah, and I I did a bunch of them. Do you understand?
1: Yeah, well, so did I. Yeah. Well, I mean you and, know what I'm saying? Like like yeah,
0: I do. I do. Like I what's do. your res- respond I'll,
1: to that, Mr. Uh, Merlin? Mr. Fancy, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Well, Fancy Pants internet guru in the private office in San Francisco, Buddha yeah, no, on the desk. I'm
0: Mr. Mm-hmm.
1: Mr. Well, Astigmatic well, guy. Mm,
0: <laughs> we live not far from uh the Delta. You know, so, so the Missi- Mississippi
1: Delta was shining like a national that's
0: right. guitar. The um there's an area, a very hot area east of here where, a, I think they call it the salad bowl. It's, it's basically where a huge amount of produce is grown. And a lot of people picking that produce, you know, didn't go to Berkeley. Let's put it that way. It's a lot of people who are here illegally in the U.S. And uh, legally by, you know, the terms of the federal government. But the thing is, <laughs> they're picking strawberries and lettuce and doing a lot of, like, really literally backbreaking labor to keep produce inexpensive produce coming to your plate and what's funny is the um, I don't you know we try to avoid political stuff on the show but you know when, when the strongly anti-immigrant uh, politicians talk about this stuff they talk about it as if to say well gosh these people come these people come here and they take all these jobs and well of course the jobs that they're taking are the jobs Americans don't want or they, they the jobs Americans don't think are, are worth the money is the irony of that. And if we did ship back all of these all of these leeches who are breaking their back for three dollars an hour or whatever it is, well, your trips to Whole Food would get even more expensive very, very quickly. I'm sure it's fair trade kale. Sorry, sorry, Michael Pollan. But <laughs> you know um Dan, I don't have a brilliant thing to say here except all I can, all I can do is, is observe something in the generic that I've observed in the generic a hundred times, which is that things are really not only different, but they're continuing to change really, really quickly. And, and the, the, kind of, the kind of confidence that we could have – well, one anecdote that I mentioned talking to Colin, speaking of Mustangs, is my friend uh, Grant Balfour's dad graduated from college in 1965. And he went into a Ford dealership and showed them his diploma and drove off the lot in a Mustang. Because that's what you could do in 1965 with Amazing. a college degree. Amazing. Um I don't think I've ever mentioned that on here. No. I and mean, talk about good credit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, think about that on a lot of levels. I mean, and apparently this is you guys who are a little older can tell me whether that you know if that kind of story is true. But I, I, I mean, there are there are crazier things that have happened in the world of credit, to be sure. Um, but the 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 pace of change. Um, in technology, let me go a little generic for a minute. I mean, part of my thesis in all of this, you know, um, the, the basic back to work stuff of, you know, efficiency, productivity, what have you, my basic thesis of a lot of that is, is the technology has accelerated a lot more quickly than the culture to that supports it. I'm not saying it's always been that way. Certainly there for, you know, hundreds of years, the technology has leapt in a way the culture didn't keep up with. There's always going to be these kinds of, uh, what do they call it? Um, folk demons they call it go wiki uh folk demons but it's this you know suddenly we find a, a person or a group to blame for all of our problems when there's this thing that we don't understand and that could be a witch hunt or it could be you know pogroms going after jews or whatever it is we find somebody you know to blame for all that stuff because it's hard for that culture to keep up um but i think the other pace of change is, is not just simply that stuff but all that technology means that that jobs are changing very rapidly right i mean I walk by the CVS downtown and I see all these these drugstore workers picketing because CVS is a non-union place in a very union state in a very union town. And I feel bad for them because I'm not really sure what kind of feature you have being a unionized drugstore worker. I'm, I'm not, I don't have – that's not a value statement. But I'm yeah. just saying that those folks are really trying for their own reasons, are really clinging to something where I think the trend line is not great. The time that they're spending standing in front of the store with a sign – understand I'm a flaming liberal. They're standing in front of the, <laughs> the store with a sign – in the middle of the business day in the financial district trying to make a case that they're being treated unfairly. And I'm just saying, like, you lived in Florida. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> it's, um, that's, you know, there's a lot of ways in which that's been harmful to Florida to not have something like that. What I'm trying to say is if you look at the trend line, the moving average for that kind of thing, the technology and the culture for what you do is not supporting that. Inside that, that store, it's all self-checkout now. So not only are they trying to get non-existent jobs as, like, checkout people. But there's, like, you know, my library. went My kid and I went to the library last night and checked out a bunch of books without having to talk to anybody. You know, is that bad for library workers? Well, sure. The end of Buggy Whips was probably bad for the Salesman of the Month at the Buggy Whip store. Like, he was probably pretty bummed. But if, but if he picketed for, for cars to no longer be made so that he could continue being Salesman of the Month, he might have been better trying to hone his skills at learning about these new Model T's that people were buying, right? And no matter how right you are for yourself and emotionally, like you're, I think you are really kind of better off to ride the wave in the long run, to, to learn to adapt your skills and instead of trying to, in maybe even the best way possible, trying to cling to the past, trying to look at what the next thing is that you could maybe even be in front of. So anyway, let's let's, let's let's take a break to talk about a sponsor. Do you mind? I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we got a sponsor this week.
1: We do. Who are they?
0: Yeah. Uh, there's 114 brothers uh, named, I think his name is Wilkinson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard, no, hard it's, to tell no,
1: them apart because they all have really cool hair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a THX 1138 thing, except with good hair. <laughs> You're right. I don't know which officer that is. I'd have to check his badge number, you know, the CDA or whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot of them. They've made an amazing app called Flow. And you've, I know you've looked at this, Flow, because uh, I, I assigned you some uh, errands to run on there. Now, Flow Flow is a uh, web-based app. You can go to getflow.com to learn more about this. And uh, instead of just rambling about this, I'm going to try and give one very specific tip that we played around with, and I just want you to really try this. And that is what they call email integration. And I just think it's mind-bogglingly great. Um, There are other apps that do this, apps that I enjoy a lot, but the fact that this is a web service with email integration, I think, makes this really powerful. What do I mean by email integration? Well, first of all, you know, you may not want to sit there and play in a task app if you're on the road specifically in my case, this is a serious use case for me, is there are sometimes things that I just want to send and just email, because email's so easy to do. There's stuff stuff I just want to throw at my app and have it know that what it is. So that could be a task. It could be something like, you know, call Dan about this thing. Well, all you got to do, once you've got an account there, all you have to do is send this to tasks at getflow.com from wherever you are. And it can be a test. Now, there's a cool little naming nomenclature that you can learn for this. You can do things like add due dates. You can add uh, what they call tags, which are very similar to context in uh, getting things done. You can have lists, which are very similar to projects and getting things done. All just from the subject line. You can send these things straight to there. And because it knows the email that it came from, it pops it right into your correct list. And uh, it, and you can even delegate. Did you know this, Dan? Did you know you can delegate from one of these tasks? If I put your name, if I say, if I include Dan, yeah. if I say, I think it's at, at Dan, because you're in my group of people, it knows to delegate that to you right from there. All from the, the email. Yeah, yeah. And you know what I use this for is sending stuff from uh, the Instapaper. So if I'm on the road, I can email stuff from Instapaper, stuff I, I know I want to read. And so I can do that, you know, inside of the, the to-read list. And it's, it's really powerful because if you think about how much stuff touches email at one point or another, this is just a really nice friction-free way to not only get that into your task management app, to get it into Flow, but then to be able to delegate it without having to think about it twice. And not to make this all GTD, but that's kind of the point of GTD is you just touch it once, right? You process it once and then you do it. You don't have to keep, if, you, if you're thinking about it, as David Allen says, it's not getting done. Right. And so um, I think it's a great app to look at. You can go to getflow.com and uh, check it out. Uh... It's I, I I like it a lot. You know what? I didn't tell you this, Dan. This is not what they told us to say. I think we should start using using this for for the show. I we think should. we should start using this as our thing for when I'm assigning you work. Okay. I mean, you, I mean, you assigning me work. Right. Exactly. Sorry.
1: No, I knew what you meant. Or faith. Yeah
0: so go to getflow.com we appreciate them uh, very much support getflow.com .com. getflow.com it's, it's just called remember. flow though i was corrected by Wilkin, wilkinson wilkinson yeah, because
1: you, you i think you might have and i've done this too you refer yeah. to it and that's that's all whole problem with these domains because you know he, it's
0: parked flow it, flow.com is parked i checked
1: they've probably thrown a lot of money their way and they won't they won't budge
0: you a question can you tell him apart i know there's a william yeah. and there's an andrew i think it was a andrew is
1: andrew's the tall um, one
0: hungry joe there's Litmus,
1: and there's actually a Wilkie Wilkinson.
0: well, and there's a Wilkie O oh, Wilkie Mick Wilkinson. <laughs> That's <laughs> they're <laughs> I all wonder. really smart. Joe Junkpan Wilkinson.
1: They're all really He's smart. Fashion. They all design really yeah. well. They all write code.
0: Man. Handsome, handsome, Yeah.
1: And they wear a, a wool sweater the whole all year round. Is that right? Mm-hmm.
0: Otherwise, did, you're cold did, up there. You can't wash that.
1: Well, you can wash it. You can, but you can't tumble dry.
0: No, I no, no. No, are you kidding me? Tumble dry. It's for suckers. So thank you very much to Flow, not get flow. GetFlow.com for flow without the necessary means. It's nice of them to do that, huh? To support the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Email delegation. Man. Everything touches email. All right. Uh, uh, bringing back to Earth, Dan, what do you tell tell, tell me where you want to go with this? Uh, my 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 point about the 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 just quickly to to summarize what I haven't actually said well is just that the position of strength thing to me means in the context of what you're good at what you need and what the world is open to doing find your strongest strongest place of strength so so the reason i like that is that to me that makes a lot of sense in terms of if you, if you do want to start a business if you do want to start a blog or an ios app or whatever it is you want to do your differentiator like what it is that you do differently in this case flow does has this great they got this great web app and email integration not everybody has that the web stuff is is not it's not not that many things where you could do both of those. So they they've got a differentiator there. If you're going to start a business, you know, you're going to have to find some I know this sounds really stupid and obvious, but you get that as a business so that if you're going to invest in this, it has to be somewhat future-proof around some kind of an idea that where there's a barrier to entry, mm. fair to say? Yes. So here's the thing. Have if we talked
1: just, about barriers to entry like as a as a whole topic? I can Oh, I,
0: I would be so into that. That would I'm be a good one. Super, I'm super interested. Can in you that. tangle that? Yeah, I'll tangle it right now. Right. Right. diary it. Yeah. Um Barriers to entry, okay.
1: What is that, the, the L?
0: Yeah, El, El terrible. Yeah, inbound. I'm really sorry about that. I, I don't know what, what I was thinking getting an office 27 feet from a large Italian streetcar. <laughs> it's deafening. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I should have closed my thing. Um, this is why I like this idea, though, is I don't want to say even if you just want a job. I, I really don't mean it to sound like that. So why did I say it? Yeah. I don't know. Cut that out, Jim. I should should just curse. Every time I want to take something out, I'll curse. That way I'll know that it gets out. Mm -hmm. We got that email from that one dude, though, um, who said, hey, look. The one who was crying about everything? Crying crying. No, no, no. The guy who said, hey, look, I've been at this job for 15 years. I have not subsumed my personality into this at all. And so maybe I'm retroactively trying to, like, fix my own point. But, you know, when he said that, that's when I said, you know what? That guy's got is a position of strength. He wouldn't be there for 15 years and happy unless he'd found a place there. And so to me, a position of strength is whatever it is you want to do, whether you're trying to sell your Mustang, if you know what I mean, or whether you're trying to start a business and you're thinking about barriers to entry, or whether you're just trying to think, what is next for me at this company where I'm not unhappy, but I don't feel super excited about being here? Um, and again, there's another, this pal of mine I was talking to about job stuff, and what I was saying to her was, like, I think if you're in a company and you're not sure what's next or you're not thrilled with what seems to be next, is you've got to find what your position of strength is, you know? Uh, I don't know if threatening to quit is always such a great way because you sent, tend to kind of, you know what I mean? Like, what, I guess the question I'm asking you, Dan, is, like, if you are in a position where you're, you're not sure where things are going, you're not happy where things are going, like, what are your options? You've got the option option of, I guess, ask for for more. Although, you know, in a resource-constrained environment, you're probably kind of unlikely to get that for most people. Mm -hmm. You could just quit without saying anything. You could kind of threaten to quit. You could slack and go try to start your iOS business somewhere. I guess there's a variety of ways that you could do that. I think that's a complicated question, but I think they all, we can talk more about that, but I think they all come down to finding that position of strength, which is this way of saying, like, what is it that I do that's so particularly valuable or what kinds of things do I do where it would be a real pain in the ass if I weren't here? Or again, if it's a new situation, what can I do that's going to make them go, oh my God, let's stop having to interview these slackers and just hire this person because they clearly can solve a problem that is not easy for us to solve right now. Even if that's just getting somebody who's not high all the time at work. Is there something about this person? And to me, that's what, I'm still not putting this well, but to me, that's what the position of strength part means. Rather than just seeing yourself as a commodity, you know, as just, you know, a utility how do you find, even if it's a pretty modest thing? Is it your enthusiasm, as you said, Dan? What you know, you, what, you know
1: what Jeffrey Zeldman told me once when I was uh, like on on the fence about do I really start my own business because I had to, been working at a startup and the startup imploded and I was like, what do I want to do? Do I want to find a job? Do I, you know what he said to me? Mm. He said, uh, "You you don't need a job. You don't need an employer. An employer needs you. They need you." You're you're the talent. You're right. you know, they need you. And even though you may have competition, if that's your and he didn't say this part, but I'm I'm adding this. You, you may have competition, you may have other people, but if you go into it thinking these people need me, that really I think turns around the perspective because most
0: people go in for a job saying, "Oh man, I need I need this job. I need this job." You but just put it you just put it a thousand times better than I ever could. Yes, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Is that I they so. actually they have a they have a problem that they're trying to solve which they may realize and you may not. But the other the other thing I said to that that that, that really nice woman from Austria was you have to be somewhat I think you have to be careful about understanding that they're I didn't put it in these words, but I'm going to put it in these words here. They're not your mom. Like, it's not their job to, like, make you happy. And so in that case, Dan, when you go in going, like, I need a job. Well, no. Like, well, then that, to me, in that some ways, like, it's, there's a difference between inth- being enthusiastic about the work and appearing desperate. And that's kind of where the position of strength part comes in, I think, is it, you're not going in there and, like, and, and trying to sound like, oh, I'll take anything, I'll do anything. If you're listening very carefully, you're going to know what to say. Because you're right. They do need you. And I just, I'll tell you, Dan, though, I cannot get away from the part about what a pain in the butt it is to hire people. It doesn't mean you should go in and be arrogant, but just remember, when you're in the room with that person and they're spending time, let's be honest, they're spending time with a stranger, just like you're spending time with a stranger. It's always a crapshoot when you spend time with a stranger. You know, it's why things like meetings can be so complicated because you don't share the same anything. In that case, even though they may have a copy of your, you know, little tutored up resume, you're, it's still a crapshoot for them to even be there with you. And I guess that's why I feel – I feel like if you go in there and say my job in here is going to be to be presentable and not fart, but it's also going to be to really listen and to tr- and to try and show a way that, that I can be empathetic to what's going on here. And I'm not, I'm not asking for a job. I'm trying to help solve a problem right? I mean, at the, at the basic level, we have all these things we throw on a resume to try and like look impressive, you know? But at a higher level, you go, well, here's what I've accomplished. But to me, at an even higher level, you show like, here's how, here's how I've listened. I have paid attention and I've listened. And these are the things that I really think I can help you with. To me, that's where you go the extra mile. That's a really good point. The other thing Zeldman said, I, I DM'd him about this. I haven't been able to find this. He had a great quote a few years ago. Chat room, if you could find this, it would be awesome. But it was something like, all my job security comes out of the fact that I'm un- unemployed. I thought that was something like that, mm. but it was it was a terrific quote that, having to do with you know doing client services and being freelance. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was so interesting. You know, everybody acts like being on your own is this great guarantee of success. Well, no, for me that means I'm having job interviews constantly.
1: Yeah, and you and people often say, "Oh, I'd love to be my own boss," but if you're doing any kind of services work. And even if you're not, even if you're making an iOS app in a lot of ways, I mean, any of the, any of the examples that we've talked about with the sort of the independent title around them, most of them, you, you, you don't, you go from a situation where you might have one boss to right. having one boss every week or a different boss multiple times. a week. I mean, you know, it, it, this fantasy of being independent or working for yourself or being your own boss, there's, there are very, very few businesses where you truly are your own boss in the way that people oh, say gosh. when they
0: mean that, right? Totally. And and it's almost like you see, I, I keep on Wikipedia sometimes or in new magazines, I'll see the names of these people. This Cat D person with the tattoos. Like I never I Kat, never heard. Von D. Okay. I learned about her two days ago. I don't know who she That's is. That's all
1: two days ago? Shh,
0: Dan, I'm telling you. Full sleeves. I've made I've made a lot of decisions in my life to avoid ever having to learn about people na- like named Kat Von D. Not, not that her name is wrong, but I just – there's no place in my life for her. I don't need – I just – that information is taking up sectors that could really go to other things like, you know, cars. But
1: you don't have a limit on how many things you can remember or see. Yes, I do.
0: I hit it in eighth grade.
1: <laughs> 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 who
0: is she mar- – Faith, who is she married, 1981 Reds. Everything she, after that's that dropped bits. Guy she, that guy who was married to Sandra Bullock? His name a... is Jesse James. Jesse James. And, he was a man from reality shows about choppers. Yeah. I read this last night. Yeah. Uh, what was my point? See? <sighs> you threw me off. Entrepreneur, which was funny. Uh, see, I forgot what I was saying now. Cat uh, Von D. Yeah, gets tattoos, bad idea. Full sleeve. Huh, let's come back to that. You know, we got another sponsor. Did I mention that?
1: We can do them both like this, side by side.
0: I don't understand what you mean. What does that mean? Go ahead, caller. How long do you want to talk? And we got seven, seven more sponsors, Dan.
1: <laughs> well, just do all the sponsors from now till <laughs> just straight through.
0: My grandma <laughs> for hard candies.
1: Which sponsor is this one? Because I know. Oh, I did. want to
0: talk about. Have you heard of the Squarespace? Have you ever heard of this at all?
1: They are the people that do some kind of website work.
0: They do. They have a very easy to use um, website making page. You hit a couple buttons and you got a web page. I they think they I talked to them. I think they're going to get a service mark on that. Hit a couple. Oh really? Buttons. They like that. Yeah. Hit a couple buttons and you got a website. That's. I. i not You know. When I say I've talked to them, I haven't actually talked to them about it, and I don't know if they like it at all. So I should probably talk to them about it. But. Um. So well, the case that we've been trying to make for you is that this is a great service on any number of levels. Specifically, um, it is really easy to set up one of these sites. Obviously, we've said that, but I want to talk about one specific aspect of this that I really like a lot. Now, Dan, I know because I've stolen your CSS that you're familiar with the idea of CSS. Do you know what this is? (laughs) Yes. I've stolen. I've stolen your stack. i got your stack hanging. I've totally (laughs) stolen that.
1: Cascading Uh, style sheets.
0: Now, here is a terrific example of the sexy in Squarespace, is that they've got a bunch of gorgeous templates that they've put together that are going to hang on your code. They work great. They look beautiful. And what's neat about that is you can go in and tweak those, you know? you can go in and there's a little text area where you can go in and make changes to that code that will take precedence over the code that's in there. So if you want to do something as simple as like making the typeface a little bigger, you want know, to do a little asterisk kind of deal to make, you could do whatever you want to do in this space. And that's pretty cool by itself. That's not a unique service necessarily, except remember that their code is airtight. You're not going to go in there and monkey around with this and get your stuff all screwed up. Once you get your stuff tight, your stuff tight. That's what we say in the rap game. Keep <laughs> your stuff tight. You're going to be in good shape. But I want to tell you a trick that I do that I really like a lot. Now, is it what's called add, add import, right? You get the add import? Add import. That's a CSS term, right? Yeah. I have an add import in my custom CSS for my themes on here. And what I do is I have that add import file. This is straight for the nerds, obviously. But if you, So, add import is a thing in CSS that allows you to bring in all of the CSS attributes of an outside file could just be an URL out in the world. I'd put that in a public folder on my Dropbox and use at import of that CSS oh, file. Oh, that's cool. So that lets me then go and edit the, the, uh, the CSS wherever I want, whenever I want. Without having to go in and even be in the web interface, which is a great interface, but in my case, I love this app called CSS Edit for doing anything because I'm an idiot and I don't remember all the things. I don't remember how to do the you know, different shadow things and all of that. I always put it in the wrong order. I end up making trying to make a basically a, uh, a a gray pixel border that's one color wide or something like that. I end up putting everything in wrong. So I use CSS Edit for that. Doesn't matter what you use, but keeping that in your own now. No, that's locally. that's right. This is just sitting there. Anytime I want to tweak something, I can do it. And it gets updated right live to the site because of the Dropbox. But you can go in and do whatever you want. And here's the thing. You don't even have to use their templates. You can use your own crazy jacked-up CSS that you've come up with entirely yourself. You can just do your own thing. Um, but it's a, it's a wonderful blend of the easy and the functional and the sexy. And I highly recommend it. You can learn more at Squarespace. Dan, you know we've got a new code? We have a new code for Squarespace.
1: What is the code?
0: Even though it is not 8 yet, it is 8. It is, it is if you go to squarespace.com slash back to work, you can enter in back to work, numeral 8. Back to work 8. Because of the upcoming, um, August is the 8th month. Of yeah, they're the, going to have
1: a new month coming up
0: here. And I believe that will get you 10% off your first six months, with Squarespace. That's a great deal. It's a great deal. This is a your, good time, time to try. try. It's a great time to try, and it's an even better time to stay. squarespacecom work. Uh, let them know you heard about it here. Uh, they're good people, and they—they they turn out to be uh, great, great pals of the show and of the network. So we're really happy to have them. Love them. Us. Thank you very much to Squarespace.
1: Very handsome people over there.
0: They are handsome. You know, they're—they're they're in New York, the—the the city. Yeah, I don't—I don't get that. I don't either. I don't either. Seems like your operating costs would be high. Very high. Yeah.
1: Now, when they say New York, are they, do Do they do what most people in New York do when they say, oh, we're in New York and really they're in Brooklyn? Yeah, like Marco. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, not no, the I think same Mar- thing.
0: Mar- Marco's office is in, uh, I think it's in Winchester County, I think it's called. Is it really? Rif- Rifle Country. It's over in Rifle Country. You know. Yeah, I don't know. No, I do I know. Don't know. I don't know. So do you want to try, we'll try and get practical? Should we try and break this down to the practical? Or I like this. This is my more? favorite
1: part of the show when you do this.
0: When I say it's going to get practical and then I just, I just get more emotional? Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part too. <laughs> I like the shows. I like the shows that end this way. Yeah. Well, um, I think there is some practical stuff, um, and I think how are you going
1: to do it? How are you going to make this practical?
0: How? I'm going to bring the ruckus. Let's hear it. Okay. Um. Do you like the Do you like the position of strength idea?
1: I like that a lot.
0: Okay. Well, the reason I like that is I think that is germane. Like I said, I think that's germane to several aspects of what we're talking about. And by by which I mean, and I'm kind of talking to the nerds who've heard the show more than once. If this is your first time, uh, it's usually uh, even worse. You more have Scott. to
1: fight. You have to fight.
0: Yes, it's true. What?
1: If this is your first time, you have to fight.
0: See, see I, I don't know if I want to reference that movie. I don't know. Too it's, it's, too, it's Fincher, too close to home Fincher, for you. David Fincher? No, seven is closer for me with the spaghetti guy. <laughs> <laughs> <spaghetti>. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to roll Fincher I think oh, I'm much closer gosh. to spaghetti than I am to make believe handsome man
1: I was doing fine without thinking about could that scene please, again
0: Josh could you please capture that make believe handsome man It's <laughs> a good movie Fincher's good Fincher's good um, the reason I like this is I think it's a thread that runs through a lot of different things now this is this is really wildly uh, that's fine for Merlin stuff but I think it's the that's, Merlin, that's fine for Merlin stuff that you need to hear, which is that if there is something to what you do that you really do care about, then you will find a position of strength somewhere in there. Now, what are, what are some examples of this? Um, let's go back to this, the first principles of this. What you think is your position of strength may not really be your position of strength. The thing that you think is your big selling point may not be your big selling point. So you may think it's the number of years that you've been working, say, as a programmer. You may think it's because you know about this one particular language, uh, what are other examples of that, Dan? Like, what are things that people commonly think of as things that will get them a job? Experience,
1: experience, good, a Ex- good suit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you wear a suit? Would you wear a suit to a job interview?
1: I, I would, of course.
0: Hmm. Of I, course. Think I always wear, I always wear a long sleeve shirt. I think it's important to tell people.
1: Well, like you don't want to be Sipowicz and have the short sleeve shirt with the tie under the long on, uh, under the sport.
0: Coat. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to look like. Um, You don't want to look like like a NASA guy. I mean, the NASA guys were the NASA guys. We don't need more of their short-sleeve shirts and ties, office space kind of thing. Um, I guess guess I'm I'm just thinking, though, and maybe the nerd stuff is a bad example because those are folks who do think about their job a lot. But one thing is when you leave a job for whatever reason, whether you got fired or whether you chose to leave, like the chances are something not only will change but really should change right? There's, there's, if you were really happy there, you'd still be there. If they were really happy with you, you'd still be there. Something changed. Um, it might've been, there's just no more money for your position. It might be that they found somebody, you know, what happens a lot that sucks. You certainly know if you're in your forties or fifties is in a way that's very difficult to adjudicate, you'll lose somebody who's making a lot of dough to bring in two people who are new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a, Have you seen that happen? Like we've got a senior person in a job that's making, you know, $10,000 a year and they'll bring in two people at one-sixth of N or something like that. Maybe not that much, but I, you become a fat target. That's one problem is when you've been somewhere for a while and you've, you know, sometimes there's a change in management or acquisition or something. And somebody doesn't realize that you are basically the wiki for the company, that you're the one who knows where the bodies are buried. <laughs> They're not going to find the second key to the men's room if you leave, you know. Um. So when I think when you leave somewhere, it's worth thinking about, like, why that change happened. There, and, and, and when I say that, I mean that not, that's not to say that it's your fault that you don't have that job anymore. It might just be the way stuff goes. But consider it an opportunity for repotting, right? consider it an opportunity to really do try or do something different. Now, here's what's neat. Now, if the job market really sucks, you really can try and go get interviews with lots of different places – and if it's bad enough that you really think you won't get a job, well, the opportunity might be to go and try on some different things when you go interview in different places. You might want to test out some concepts. If you've got a hypothesis about why the job market is the way it is, you might want to go try and test that in interviews. Do you know what I mean, Dan?
1: I do know what you mean. Tell me what I mean. You mean that if, if you have a theory about the fact that you can have an influence here, that you can actually make a change that goes beyond what you feel are these external factors mm-hmm. that you should do that
0: yeah this goes back leverage, to what
1: early- leverage what yes. you've got in a, in a way that is unexpected
0: no, that's a good way to put it. One of the things we talked about in some of the early episodes that we parried about was this notion of like, oh, my boss doesn't let me do cool stuff. And I, made, I tried to make the case that, well, maybe it's because you're not really very good at cool stuff. Maybe it's because you haven't made anything cool yet, right? And I'm not trying to be a karma suck, but in this instance, if you've got some wild idea, like let's say you left or were let go from your last job and you go, well, their problem is X. The problem with that company is X. Like in my case, I've had a lot of squirrely theories that I've really gotten set straight on. There, there are things I said today that I will be set straight on by next week, right? I mean, that's the nature of communicating as you discover new things. So if you've got some some squirrely theory in your head about why you're worth millions of dollars, you might want to really come right out with that in the interview and say it, especially if you don't think you're going to get the job anyway. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. If, first of all, is that concept making sense of like understanding that you can be rehearsing like Personal. okay, so here's one tip from the very beginning. I know you really, really, really want a job, but try having your first two or three interviews be someplace where you really don't want the job, which sounds like reverse psychology, and, and maybe it is. But I would go and just try and get, even if it's a position that's three levels below, whatever, just, you, ever know, you know, like in the swimming races where, where people before the gun goes off, they'll jump in to get wet? This is your chance to jump in the water and get wet and get the shock off.
1: Get the right? shock so, off.
0: Go off and burn a couple, you know what I mean? Go in and have some interviews at places where you have no intention of actually working. And and it can be really illuminating. First of all, you you know, you can go in and be nervous with somebody you don't care about, but then maybe, who knows, you might get the job. But it certainly will let you start rehearsing. And just going into those awful offices with that awful lighting on those awful chairs with those awful broken people, if you do that five times before you have an interview at a place you really, really want, I would argue you will probably do a better job with the one that you really want. You know, you might want to set yourself, if you, if you really are having a hard time, well, I mean, this is not so different than my phone call trick, Dan, but I would try and set a couple days a week where you try and do at least two interviews a day. And if you're lucky enough to be in a city like San Francisco or unlucky enough, maybe those could be, you know, in the same area. But, you know, I, I, guess, I guess I'm just saying that may sound like a waste of time, but if you're not, if you're not, if people aren't rushing to hire you anyway, why don't you work on honing your chops a little bit? You know what I mean? You're going to have to have a lot of not sales before you start making sales as a salesperson. Thinking about that is not making it better. Going out and trying to make those sales and trying on different personalities, trying different pitches, it might tell you a lot about it. And when you get better at it, it's almost like when you submit writing to a magazine or to a new. Like when you start sucking less, you start getting better notes back. I don't know if this is still the case, but when I've got, gotten submissions sent back from places, I've sometimes, a couple times, gotten really helpful notes saying, like, this one particular poem or this thing you sent, like, that wasn't so bad. More like this is what you'll see sometimes in notes. More like this. Do you know what I mean? And when you go in and have an interview, and you, you may find, hopefully, that you're getting a better and better reaction, they're at least calling you back, which is a great sign. Because <laughs> a lot of people, they, wanna, they get crestfallen because they'll have an interview and nobody calls them. I think that's kind of standard now. I don't think, you know, Dan, I don't think people call to follow up with you unless they're going to hire you as much and you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think I don't think people you don't get the people don't have time for the courtesy calls. Like did you call everybody back who sent you a resume? This is this
1: is the resume? thing. Now you sound like my wife. Do I? Yeah, because I didn't.
0: Why didn't you take out the trash?
1: I didn't know. As she asked me did you did you tell the people that you didn't hire? Do you want me that, to put it
0: on your calendar? So who what
1: who, I well I did. Trash. I finally did that. Mm -hmm. But she was saying, she's like, that's the worst. This is the worst thing you could possibly do is not give those people feedback. You have to tell them. You have to respond to them. And I said that there were 213 people out of the 214 that I didn't hire. That now I, I'm supposed to go back and email them. Well, could on? you she offer said, yes. them? So functional? I did. No, I did it every what one of them t- per in by, by hand, a Unique email to every what? single one of them. Oh Dan, that's bananas talk. I did that's
0: that. Com- fr- did, you, did you use a real? Faith email is saying address? I didn't do that. Do you see? You, I did that. What do you mean? No. Did you use a real email address? I did that. Yes. Oh, God, we need to talk, Dan. You need you need a lot of help.
1: I did it. Now I I I, I did have. A couple sentences that I sent that were the same, but I typed in their first name. I replied to their original email and I, I yes, every I gotta single one. Of them.
0: I got to set you up with my CRM. We, we need to talk. Every that's single insane. one of them. That's completely bananas. I'll never no. hire
1: anybody again. Why? I asked Faith. I said, Faith, can you send the email?
0: Tangle that, Dan, because we need to talk about and that.
1: And say time. to them, I, I have the job you didn't get. I just was writing to let you know. And she said she wouldn't do it.
0: Oh, that's a good idea. If you, gotta come, if you come, you got to fight the first night. So yeah. like, what's, what's, the, what do you, what's your if if, if,
1: if this is your first night in this Fight night. Club, you have to fight.
0: I have to fight. Okay.
1: First time at Fight Club. Okay. Are we, uh, done? Are we done, though? I mean, this is, this is a heavy show. This really is a heavy show because people are going to listen. This is going to be one of those I, shows. I would like
0: to give a couple more super, super quick mini tips, some of which will be obvious and some of which will not. Uh, and also, we have another sponsor.
1: How do so you dress do do, to? Do, let's, let's do the sponsor, sponsor and then we'll tell people yeah. how to dress to an interview.
0: Dan yeah, Benjamin, we have a new sponsor. Did you know we have a new sponsor a this week? A new
1: sponsor that I'm very excited about. Who isn't?
0: It's something that we both use. It's somebody we both love. It's called WooFoo.
1: Love those guys.
0: I love these guys. Now, here's the thing. Uh, back in the day, there used to be this thing. <laughs> speaking of illuminated text, there used to be this thing called form.cgi that, that sat there in your CGI bin folder on, best your, on your- the form. You
1: could do anything with that. And,
0: and I'm just saying, like I cannot tell you how many hours I used to spend trying to get the ability to have a, a form emailed to me. Well, things have really changed because now this wufu.com is just the best. Uh, it's it's what Dan and I both use. If you've ever sent an email to 5 by 5 through the website to us, to any of the shows, it has gone through WooFo. Is that correct?
1: Every single one of them goes through WooFo and all the forms. So if you go to 5 x TV slash contact and you pick the little things and you hit the thing and you hit submit, all of that, it's right. all Wufoo. It always has been. And what's great about that is that all of those emails come in. We have them. I can go to Wufoo and I can view them. So they're not just, I'm not, I, I, this is the cool thing. I have it set up so that we get notifications. We actually get copies of those emails being sent to us. But if I later on want to go and do some kind of uh, search on them, I can. They're all there existing in Wufa. I could have Faith or somebody else go through and find individual entries, reply to them, categorize them. I can export data from them. I can make pretty charts and graphs from them. I don't know that I would want to do this with the emails we get, but unlimited kind of stuff you can i use it also for polls i've had people who uh who i've asked people questions and and used it for doing surveys say so come well, the, in and tell the, me the, it. my great. concern
0: dan is that you probably had to make a special controller to get that to work on your on your private website is i did right? i
1: had to do nothing it's all these really? simple really cool forms that you just go it's in it's
0: drag and drop drag interface drop. Guys. And you, you know what I do? I, Even oh, for submit. making
1: the pretty charts and tables, you just you just pick the kind of thing you want. You click a couple buttons, you hit got submit, styles. it's done.
0: It's it's got it all. And and what's neat? What I do is we'll get into next week. We're going to talk about notifications because the notification options in the webhooks to me are just mind blowing. But what I do, for example, is I have hidden fields in mind. That can send variables based on what people filled out in the forms. You could have multi-page forms. You can style it. You can move the fields around. I've got hidden fields that will send stuff to my, that will through the webhook send stuff into my CRM, telling, saying likelihood of like a lead coming through based on certain things that were filled out. I could do all of that right inside here, and it's all drag and drop. And you know me. I'm not bright, right, Dan?
1: You are. Actually, you are. Yeah. Exceptionally.
0: Hmm? Okay. Uh, I don't think so, uh, and, and, and just judging by a lot of my life, I'm pretty sure that I'm not that smart, uh, but this is just, it's just a breeze to use, and we're thrilled to have them. Uh, once again, I mean, we've been really lucky to go and seek out places that we actually like and use, and we're really excited to have them uh, on board. Love these guys. And uh, they've got a funny name, which is Wufu, and so you go to W. U-F-O-O dot com. And uh, they've got a demo that you can play with there. But you'll want to sign up and check it out. Um, It's really sexy. And, and you know, just finally, to your point, yes. If you're one of those folks who cares about the metrics and all of that, well, the metrics are in there. And as we'll talk more about next week, go, if you are a nerd, just go play around, trust me. The way that this can talk to lots of services, including um, several people who sponsored your various shows, Dan, uh, the webhook stuff is mind-blowing. To basically kind of transliterate? What would you, what's the word, Dan, for turning fields into other fields? What do
1: Transmogrify.
0: You call oh, transmogrification, alliteration. Anyway, we're super happy to have them. We love them. Uh, wufu.com, Thanks for supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. So, so specifics. And, and you know what? Let's make this a little specific to getting a job. It might help, right? Over. If
1: people are listening to this show with the hope of getting a job out of it, I would be concerned but yes let's hear let's hear the tips
0: <laughs> tell me why you say that
1: well i i mean you know i just i feel like that's a heavy load to bear that's a heavy uh heavy yeah, burden but, and, to shoulder you
0: remember, i just man when i got fired from from my job with dave the marketing job i was just so low i was just like i'm like you know you all right so you're saying we're going to be flawed. a we're going you to be a beacon
1: for people, mm. well, here's, ray of here's, light. Here's,
0: here's here's my idea Is I just remember feeling like a fraud and feeling like, oh my gosh, I was so cocky when I was there. Mm. But now that I'm not there, every day that goes by, mm. I feel crummier about my possibilities of ever getting anything. All right. So like, I don't want to inspire you because I'm not in the inspiration business. I would like to give you some ideas to, to get a reframe on what you could do. Okay, now,
1: now, okay, I'm sold. Go ahead, hit me. Go ahead, caller. No.
0: So here's your guaranteed way to get a job first, buy a hammock. No. whatever you do if you have a hammock get rid of it but um and and i just want to i'm not i haven't like looked for a real jobby job but i can maybe try to help a little bit with just how i deal with client type people and i think i think one of the things to keep in mind is remembering if you did get now of course the big difference here is that you're going to be in most cases you're going to be going to other people and asking them for something Let's, let's, let's just start by remembering that you're asking somebody for something. Even if you're the most talented person in the world, even if you're like the, the CEO of several dot coms and you're a serial entrepreneur. entrepreneur, you're still essentially <laughs> going to somebody and asking for something. So just bear in mind that when you do that, it really does help to not just pretend to offer it as a useful thing, but to really literally figure, figure out before you even go to somebody, figure out what you can do to sort of help them. So think about when you, when, you, when you have that job, when you had that job before, when you have had jobs in the past. Think about the annoying guy who comes in and just kind of like doesn't really ask you to do anything. You know, this, this is what used to drive me crazy in email and in offices was having somebody come in and just go, oh, Captain Merlin. Captain Merlin, how are you doing? Hi yay, Good week? Uh. You know, somebody comes in, they just kind of like want to futz around. They don't just come in and go like ask you for a thing. Well, do your research. Learn about the company at a high level. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Like, you already know the company. But, like, go really, like, Google them. And go look at LinkedIn and look at all, to the extent possible, be really creepy without letting them know that you figured out, you found every employee that you can that's related to the job that you want. You're learning about them. Learn where they went to school. Learn what their interests are. Learn if they all like motorcycles or something. There's probably something inside the culture of that company that the powerful. And you know what? At least know a little bit about that. Now, is that really cheap and cheesy? Maybe. But it's not going to hurt you at all. Even if you never use it, it's nice to know. Figure out to the extent possible what those folks are struggling with. If you're going to go to an interview in a place where you know that they've had a lot of layoffs, well, bear that in mind. Maybe that's one of your places to go and rehearse a little bit before you go for one of the real places. But something I said to that to that, to that that woman the other day that I, that I will also say to you is to remember that even if you don't get hired that day, bear in mind that making a great impression – on several people inside the company, and you will meet probably more than one person unless you're interviewed by the person at the front desk. You're probably gonna meet at least three people when you go for an interview, if you're lucky enough to get an interview. And instead of thinking about trying to get the job, thinking about how think about how to make an impression on them and how to start a relationship with them. Because in the end, that's not gonna hurt you if you wanna get hired for that job, but it's really gonna helpful, help be helpful if they go, you know what? You know that BS they always say about like, well, hang on to your resume. That's almost certainly BS. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be nice if they actually did hang on to your resume? And if you made such an impression, like in Dan's case, you know, what if what if you made such an impression that even though he hired Faith, he still thought, you know what, this person would be great for something. Like it would be great if Jim got real busy, maybe I would get editing help from this person.
1: I did. Th- I did think that.
0: That's the impression you want to make. There are
1: a few people who are there who are.
0: Dan, have you ever, ever had intercourse with a lady? Hello. Here's the thing. The key is not to do the wildest, kinkiest thing you've ever seen in a movie. okay hold it's on, I'm taking notes no note, okay, It's to not end up in an emergency room. That is the key to a successful first intercourse. Don't end up crying in an emergency room and in a way that's that's the key with with a job interview is you want to go in and sound sane and put together and you want to sound empathetic to what those folks are probably struggling with. And you don't want to go in there and just go you know again announce that you're a serial entrepreneur or whatever um. Somebody who's been interviewing a lot of people has heard a lot of that stuff. Can you explain to me the gap in
1: your employment between 2007 and 2009?
0: Alcohol. <laughs> Next. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the practical, the practical components of that. So I, I'm beating this to death, but I think it makes such a difference, the research stuff. You don't have to be creepy about it, but the more you learn about that place. Can I just say crazy stuff? Like, find out if they've recently changed offices. Find out. I mean, watch watch who does the food delivery outside, what kind of truck. Just learn everything you can. You never know what might be useful in that interview. You know what I mean? I know that sounds really bananas, but that is the way that is the way you get a job is by paying attention to things. Um I'm just really want to underscore something from episode before last. And 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 you can feel free to contradict me, Dan. I honestly don't think that many people have ever gotten a job from a resume. Unless you really are like, you know, President Obama or something. I don't think your resume can ever be that impressive that you get a job, especially today. Because the thing is now, today more than ever, you talked about this, Dan. You talked about the whole resume and cover letter culture. It's never been easier to spit out hundreds of resumes. Your signal-to-noise ratio is really crummy on resumes. Yeah, it really right? is. Even if you've got algorithms that are running through that, that stuff you talked about, the Stack Overflow guys having a smart way that they, they deal with this stuff, which just sounds awesome. I, I wouldn't count on that. I think, I think learning what you can about a place and, and here's one last thing. I don't know if this is all in the vein that I said it would be, but I had a really good friend who was really into the social media stuff and, uh, I have a really good friend, but he was saying, you know, you know, some people at Twitter, maybe you could talk to them. And, and I was like, um, I was like, you know, I I really like you, but like, why would they hire you? Like, they are probably one of the places, they're probably the place that people most in the world who know anything about social media would want to work at, arguably, would be like Facebook or Twitter, right? Is there, if you wanted to be at the greatest company in the world, if you were really into search technology, you want to work at Alta Vista? Like, probably not. No. You've probably got another place in Mountain View in your sites. But remember, like, they're getting approached by an, a staggering number of extremely talented people. Like, anybody at like the MIT, Anybody at, like, MIT's, what do they call it? The, uh, the Nigger Ponte place. Like, you could, there's a lot of really gifted people that are already in that line. So, I would set your sights across the spectrum. It doesn't hurt to have a safety school, and it doesn't hurt to go ahead and apply to Harvard if you got the dough to, you know, put in the application. But I would really, I would be prepared to try try and, if you're gonna really try and go for a brass ring job, just remember that talking about what you've done is the least effective way to make your case showing and demonstrating what you've shipped, regardless of what your job is, is going to be the hugest thing. Just saying something, something, Q1 results is not going to be as great as being able to say, like, pull something out of a magazine and go, like, this is the ad I made that that brought us this much more in sales. You know what I mean? Have something really high impact. And just remember, I guess what I'm saying is, like, no matter how talented you think you are, that might be actually really embarrassing if you go in somewhere and aren't up to the caliber of the folks they are used to seeing. It could be super educational, But that position of strength means also understanding after you've gotten enough of that information where you are most likely to have your bang for the buck. And once you've developed that really that real honesty, I know when I go and try and speak somewhere, I can tell places that want to hire me because they couldn't get David Allen or they couldn't afford David Allen. I've learned that this is something that happens. Um, Second, I know that's a place I probably wouldn't want to be. But first, I know they think that they're going to walk in and pay like a real discounted price because – Right? They were ready to pay this gajillion dollars for him. And they're going to like send me 10 bucks or whatever. I, over time, I've done that enough times. That sounds really stupid and foreign, but that's a pattern for me now. I see that. I know that. I know when that's coming. Dan, we had a conversation. Mm-hmm. When you deal with somebody who clearly doesn't have a budget and isn't really necessarily cool with your terms, you start to you, you learn. You learn like what, what's, what's a big red flag, what's a little red flag when you talk to people. You've gotten this in the past, right? If you, had a, if you had an appointment with somebody to come in and talk about a contract job that they canceled three times and you could hear people yelling in the background, yeah. you would take something away from that. You would have to. Right? You want, you want to end the show, don't you? You want to end. You got to wrap it up.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, it's been a good show.
0: Yeah. But you got to remember as a listener, there's a lot yeah. to take yeah. in. Well, that's why you got to listen four times at half speed and then at regular <laughs> speed and then stop and then don't listen for a while. Get a drink. Get a, you know what? If you're not staying hydrated, I can't help you. I don't, I don't have a, uh, I don't have a, uh, I don't have a, there's no beverage attachment for this show. Um,
1: That's a good one.
0: You know what's bottom line is? is, is the reality part. And, and reality is a dick. It's really, really hard to, to be cool with reality. I'm not always, I'm very seldom cool with reality, but that ends up being the thing where you get the most accomplished. And that means being honest with yourself about what your actual skills and ability are, and then testing that hypothesis in real world situations and refining your approach based on what you learn. That's all I'm saying. I like that. And, get, and getting those miles on the, uh, on the tires is not a bad way um, to something about a car. So.
1: Good show. Do
0: you want to button this up? Let's do it. Okay, I love you.
1: Love you too.